Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. This episode of Looped In is sponsored by Brookfield Properties, a fully integrated global real estate services company leading the transformation of downtown's Allen Center and Houston Center. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I'm here today with Alan West. Hey, Alan. Hey, Nancy. How's it going? Good. It's been a while. It's been a while. Where have you been, man? Huh, I've been around. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you're back to help me co-host today's episode. We are going to talk to our colleague, Dwight Silverman, who I just heard on Houston Matters yesterday. So he is, um, he's quite good on the air. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living that microphone life. (laughs) Dwight is the Chronicles tech writer and editor. And he came on the show two years ago to talk about his move from becoming a homeowner to a renter. His I'll just tell your backstory real quick. You spent a bunch of years raising your kids in Northwest Houston. Once they moved out, you and your wife came inside the loop. You bought a townhouse. And then a few years ago, you decided to sell and become a renter. Well, now you've turned around and bought another place. So, Dwight, welcome back to Looped In. Thank you. So... What happened? Did you intend to stay in that rental forever, or well, what? So you you kind of kind of flopped around some of the events, and I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, uh, straighten out the timeline here. We we moved into inside the loop from the area up by the old compact campus when my daughter got into HSPVA. Oh, okay. And so we had kids when we were down here, and we kind of finished out our our time with them. And then in, in 2014, after they were all gone and and uh, and we were true empty nesters, we sold our uh, townhouse uh, in Montrose and uh, wound up deciding to rent. And initially, we went into a one-bedroom apartment around the corner at the Amley River Oaks uh, complex. And we spent maybe about a little bit more than a year uh, living in one bedroom with our two cats uh, after selling a huge amount of stuff and uh, just decided that it was just too close for comfort. I mean, you know, <laughs> I love my wife, but... and um, How many square feet? It was about 900 square feet at the time. Okay. Uh, and so we wound up moving out of there into a two-bedroom in the same complex. And we really loved this apartment. It was... On the fourth floor, it had a view out looking out towards the medical center, and at night it was just beautiful. Uh, We could walk out our door, and at the end of the hall 
was a window that faced downtown. And so I would like walk out there at sunrise and watch the sun come up over downtown. Um, wow, you did love it. <laughs> oh, it was great. We loved it. And and, and like uh, for the 4th of July, we could see the fireworks over over Eleanor Tinsley Park in, in downtown. And we'd get a bottle of champagne and stand in the hallway and drink champagne <laughs> and watch the fireworks. It was It was like, you know, a great uh, life as a renter, and we really liked it. And and um, uh, what what I you know the last time that she and I had rented anywhere, we were in like a really like dumpy you know apartment building in San Antonio, and we were just you know we were young young newlyweds and and uh, and living you know on on low incomes, and it was <clears throat> and so that was really romantic. But this was like there were amenities. You know, there was like a wonderful workout room. There was uh, a courtyard with a giant fireplace that we used to go and sit in and and drink more champagne. <laughs> we drank a lot of that over there, and and they had a really nice swimming pool where all the beautiful people would lay out. You know, hired by Emily, hired by Emily yeah. to look good, <laughs> right, right. And and the staff was just excellent. I mean, they were like they bent over backwards to make you happy and. Uh, uh, like once a month, they would bring in an omelet chef who would cook free omelets for everybody. Chef Tommy um, <laughs> would come in, and I, you know, I would go down there. I'd be first in line, man, to get me an omelet. <clears throat> and so it was great. But but we didn't own it. You know, we couldn't change anything. It was just like we were living in a box, and it was while we had a great view. We couldn't do anything that was, you know, meaningful to make it really ours. So we started talking about buying, and and that turned out to not be as easy as we'd hoped. Tell me about when you started looking, what you found. So, so we had lived there since uh, 2004, and we, this is the area around uh, Waugh and West Gray. Uh, we lived, our, our townhouse was like literally right around the corner from there. It was right, you know, just around the curve from the flat, that bar. That oh, sure. Bar. And and we love that neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, you can walk to great restaurants. It's um, it's still funky Montrose, although you know there's a lot of gentrification in there. It's still that that area is still pretty funky. And um, it was you know we we loved it, and so we started looking around for a place. But the prices in the time that we had started looking were like had drunk, gone up dramatically. You know, we sold our townhouse for probably about 130,000 more than we had bought it. And we were in it for about 10 years and that kind of makes sense in a hot area, but we were seeing like something comparable for the same age was going for 500,000 and 600,000 dollars and we did not want to pay that. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know, we started looking at things, but everything everything was out of our price range, and, um, and and we ran into other people who were in that building, who were older, who were kind of in the same dilemma. They had kind of sold their place after you know their kids had left, and they were renting, and they were interested in something in the area, but they couldn't afford it. You know, it just the prices had gotten away from them. And this, I think, is the direct result of kind of the boom that Houston has experienced in real estate, you know, in the last four years. It was really frustrating. Well, I just checked home values in Montrose. And since, and, you know, Houston is not a place where there's a whole lot of appreciation 
each year in in general, but from 2004, which is mm-hmm. when you said you, mm-hmm. you bought your old place, right. mm-hmm. until last year, the median price per square foot is up was up seventy percent. Right. So that that's going to put that's going to cut out a lot of yes. shoppers. Yes. Yes. And it was it what what was really interesting was in kind of we. We had used this this real estate agent who was who both for selling our townhouse and then also for buying what we wound up in, and um, and he he was great and he kind of knows Montrose inside and out. When we were talking to him, he was just saying, "Yeah, you know, a lot of people who want to live here cannot do it anymore, and a lot of people are who are in smaller places and want to go into bigger places they can't. They have to like move move out." Mm-hmm. And we maybe talked about going further out, but every time we did, when we looked at it, we just the feel of it just just wasn't right. And so, um, what we did was we found we kind of went against the common um, uh, wisdom in buying in Houston. You know, it, when you talk about moving into a condo, everybody's going like, "Oh my God, you're going to buy a condo!" You know, I think you had a story recently that said condo prices went down or condo sales mm-hmm. went down in Houston mm-hmm. uh, in, in 2018, uh, except for us, we bought one. And the property I think we wound up in was actually pretty unique and it, it's what enabled us to kind of ultimately stay nearby where we are, but not um, spend a whole lot of money. So tell us about the place that you found. So this is a really interesting property. It's it's at the corner of Welch and Shepherd. And it's essentially two lots. It's two blocks uh, with Welch running up the middle of it, one building on one side and one building on the other. And and there are three, ultimately three buildings in the complex. And one of the interesting things about it is that um, it was an apartment complex uh, that was built in the early 90s. Uh, and in 2002, it went condo. Um, and there aren't a lot of places, you know, they've done that recently, but the, but this, this was, yeah, one that of used them. to be a trend. In fact, I wrote about when it did go condo. Oh, you wrote about that? Uh-huh. that yeah. I've been covering real estate so long oh. <laughs> that I wrote about oh, that. Oh, I have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> um, so, um, we, we started looking at this place and, and actually we'd been looking at it for about a year. And one of the interesting things is that it has a, um, an owner occupancy rate of 69%, which is pretty good in a, in a condo community. Most of the people are owners. Um, but it's not overpriced. So the prices run from, um, say, around 170000 for a one-bedroom up to, I mean, there are, there are like a handful of three bedrooms and some with, you know, just high ceilings and really nice. They're, they're you know, close to, that have been priced at close to five hundred thousand, but they don't they don't get that. the The median is probably in the three hundred range, mm-hmm. and um, which is about what we paid for our townhouse mm-hmm. originally. Wow! So, and what's the difference in square footage? <laughs> the, this we're, what we're in now is about fifteen hundred square feet. Okay, and what was your townhouse? Uh, the townhouse was twenty four hundred square feet, but we don't need that anymore. It was three stories. Uh, it was three bedrooms, uh, and both of the ma- it was a double a dual master, and both master master bedrooms were really big. And we just we didn't need that. Mm. In fact, the area, the living area, is almost identical to the living area that we were in in our townhouse. So it kind of fits 
fits us perfectly. Uh, but one of the interesting things about it is it is right on the edge of, it's on Shepherd, so it's right on the edge of the beginning of the um, of being uh, zoned to River Oaks Elementary. Mm. Oh. And so... So you can basically sell your address to hungry you parents. You can sell your address <laughs> to hungry parents. And it's a, you know, it's because it's, because it is relatively affordable, there's nothing, there's not much like that that costs, you know, that, that low in that area. Um, and because it had, but it's still desirable, prices are going up. And we figure looking at it, um, the units, the units that are comparable to ours have gone up about in value, according to, to HCAD, about $10,000 every year. So, you know, we're thinking maybe stay there. We're 62 right now, maybe till we're 70 mm-hmm. uh, or maybe stay later. And then if we go to sell it, you know, you'll make a decent profit. But mm-hmm. there's nothing like it in this and certainly nothing in the River Oaks area on the other side of it. Right. Uh, you know, because we're now officially in River Oaks. Oh, my wife will not will not admit to that. She says, "No, I still live in Montrose." Um, <laughs> she don't. Want, but you know, I I like driving down Inwood, going. These are our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, who are your real neighbors in this building? Um, it's a real interesting mix. Um, I meet a lot of them going to HOA board meetings, which okay. I love going to HOA board meetings. Oh my God, they're wonderful. They're high drama on a low scale. It's, <laughs> it's great. Um, the uh, uh, the neighbors are interesting. There's ob- there obviously there's a good chunk of people who are families, you okay. know, with small children. Hmm. Um, there are uh, a lot of older people who have been there since they since it was an apartment. Uh, you have a lot of people who've been there a long time. You have um, a lot of baby boomers who have uh, downsized and they've downsized to this location. And um, uh, and there's just all kinds, you know. It's it's a really it's a really interesting mix, you know. So there's a lot of amenities. There's a there's a weight room and there's a nice pool and you know it's okay. very similar. Is there a Tommy omelet maker? There is no, there. Question. Chef Tommy does not make an appearance, and I, and I, I've been suggesting Chef Tommy <laughs> so far. Nobody's fighting <laughs> because this is what you talk about at the HOA meetings. This is yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah. I try. I actually I'm trying to get a technology committee started to. To upgrade the technology at the uh, at the complex. That's so very fitting. Uh, well, it's th- so. This is interesting. The because it, it was built in '92, it's got like old phone lines in it, and um, and so I'm I'm interested in kind of seeing if there's some things we can do to upgrade the technology in the building. But it's um, let's hold that thought for a reminder about our sponsor. This episode of Looped In is sponsored by Brookfield Properties, a fully integrated global real estate services company, leading the transformation of downtowns, Allen Center, and Houston Center. Okay, we're back. We were able to put in our own hardwood floors. We were able to, uh, you know, paint and just do whatever we wanted with it. And that was kind of why we wanted to move in. I mean, going in and smart homing everything, Mm -hmm. you know, put stuff in the walls, which you can't do in an apartment. And it's just, it, it kind of now feels like it's ours. And um, and we're able to stay in the neighborhood. We can walk to the River Oaks Theater. We can, you know, walk to, there's a wonderful Japanese restaurant right across the street from it. And most importantly, the hot bagel shop. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we kind of have, we're not exactly in the place where we wanted to be. Um, what's interesting is next door to our, to where our old townhouse was, 
there were two old yellow bungalows that had been been there since the 30s. The owner of them, uh, who was an ethics professor at a, one of the law schools here, died, and his family sold both of them. Um, and, the, and they built two uh, large townhomes on those two lots. Mm. And the townhomes sold when they were new for $800,000. And so that, you know, that's kind of emblematic of what we were trying to do and could not achieve. So we're not exactly where we want to be, but we are in the neighborhood because, again, because of this unique property. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, I, I guess I, I sort of think about people who want to age in place and they want to stay in their neighborhoods, but the market is sort of creating a lot of difficulty for them right. to do that. And I guess on some level, I feel like there's this fundamental unfairness about it all that you can't sort of dictate where you live based on who you've been. And that it's often a decision made for you by comparables in the neighborhood and by banks and, and things like that. And and so do you have a sense, you know, going through this 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 long journey of – the, the ways that when a neighborhood changes, it can it can allow more people to have access to this walkability and these amenities that you're describing, or is it something that you know should be dictated by um, uh, means? I guess it's not so much dictated by means, but it's kind of dictated by. There's a it's it's not as simple as means versus. Um, I guess I guess the only other way you could prevent it is maybe regulation or somebody or or investment you know that was kind of artificially created. Sure, yeah, um, subsidies. And- I think I think there's a natural cycle. You know, there have been times in Houston where the real estate market wasn't so good. Um, what's interesting is that during those times, Montrose did not really suffer from that. You know, in the real estate uh, bust in 2008, the sales the Prices in Montrose continued to go up, but they did not go up um, at uh, – they just didn't go up as fast. Right. Yeah, Houston was sort of counter-cyclical. Right. right. So so we essentially kind of have lucked into something, I think, uh, uh, in terms of our, our uh, income and what we can do. And there was, you know, I think there was there was this uniqueness of the of the property. There probably are, if we had kept looking and been very patient, we probably could have found deals and and bargains or someplace that we would have fixed up. Although neither my wife nor I have the patience or the skill to be very handy on our own. Sure, um, but it is, uh, you know, I, I think. It, it is a matter of just kind of what market forces can bear, and to a certain extent, that's that's a shame. I think, you know, Nancy, you have written about how we now have kind of a glut of apartments in mm-hmm. that in that area. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things that I saw in um, at uh, Amley was that their prices had started to, if not go down, then kind of stabilize. So when we were getting ready to leave. Just their kind of machine, their computer spit out an offer for our next lease because our lease was up. And for the first time in the time we'd been there, it had not gone up. And we'd been in that. Of course. We had an 18-month lease. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so after 18 months, it didn't go up. And that, to me, that says, hey, you know, the market is kind of slowing down. So it's probably at some point you'll have incentives, you'll have deals. And you'll be able to rent in that area affordably. That's what we were doing. 
uh, buying is going to, I think, for a long time, be a, a bigger issue. Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting point that you bring up, though, for sure. And because we're not a terribly dense city, we don't have a lot of multifamily y- units compared to other places. And, um, you know, if if there were older complexes like that that had become condos, I think that would open up more opportunities for people to stay in their neighborhoods, you know? Right, or more people to take advantage of the very things that you value now, that right. you can walk to get a bagel and you don't have to drive yes. 10 minutes and sit in traffic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that, that that this is exactly what's happening specifically, but I noticed that as you go from um, West Gray down Commonwealth towards Westheimer, there are a slew of uh, older apartment buildings on either side. Um, and I, I've noticed that a lot of them are starting, you're seeing a lot of renovations. It looks looks like the kind of renovation you see when they're getting ready to go condo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just curious if maybe uh, you're starting to see some more of these older complexes rather than get torn down, you know, move to that if they still have some value to them. I think maybe there will be another, you know, move to condos. I don't know. Yeah, I think those are examples are few and far between. Um, What will also be interesting is so many of these high-rise apartment buildings that have been built look to me, because we looked at some of them, look to me like they're designed to, if they wanted to, they could take them condo pretty easily. They're designed for that. Mm -hmm. And and I wonder if we may not start seeing that, you know, with some of these big ones. There was some discussion, my wife and I kind of, over some of our bottles of wine in the courtyard would talk about, (laughs) Okay, so if this we do, we, how much do we love this place? If it went condo, how much would we agree to pay for it? And that was a really interesting exercise, you know. Trying to, I think we settled on okay, we'd pay two fifty, you know, mm-hmm. for for this mm-hmm. to be able to stay, right? To be yeah. able to stay in that place because we like, and then we'd be able to put down our hardwood floors there. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you real quick about the monthly fees. It's it's not too bad. It it depends obviously on how big the apartment is as to how much it is. Ours is around I think I think it's around five hundred dollars or so. Um, they just raised it by three percent, mm. um, which is okay. And but what does it come with? What does it pay for? So that pays for that helps pay for it's it uh, sewer and water is included. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is a, a very good security service. And it pays for the security. The landscaping on the property is beautiful. I mean, it's gorgeous. When my sister came to see us for the first time, she said, it feels like driving into a garden. Wow. And uh, and so, you know, that keeps that also keeps up your property values mm. in a place like that. Um, so it's, you know, maintenance and and it pays for the staff, for the, you know, management company and so forth. We, I feel like we get our, get value out of it. One of the places we looked at was the park uh, high rises, which is on oh, yeah, Montrose. Montrose. It's you know down there <clears throat> by um, I forget what street that's down there by, but like around Richmond between Richmond mm-hmm. and Alabama. And those are like from the '60s. Yeah, and there are some condos in there that go for like 300 or less. Um, but the fee is uh, the, for the one that we looked at that we were briefly interested in was $1,400 a month. Wow. And for that, and that's just for the maintenance fee. And 
it had recently gone up because they had replaced the elevators because the elevators were from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And when you think about other things, they also had replaced all of the windows in the whole building. And these, it's a huge building. And so every time they have to do something like that because of the scale of it, it's expensive. And so it had gone up, you know, to $1,400. And that, yeah, you know, that's not something we couldn't afford then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. But that's, and that's one of the, one of the things about buying into an old property. You have to be careful. Oh yeah. About right. the assessments and the monthly fees and when something breaks. Well, one of the, one of the things that they offer that they were thinking about doing in, uh, the homeowners association here is is Comcast had come to them with a deal where uh, if everybody paid fifty dollars a month, you would get essentially this great big package of internet and television services, and you wouldn't and your cable bill would go away because it would just be built in. And so by everybody paying it, and it, again it'd be between fifty and sixty a month depending on what services you got. You would end up with, um, you know, great cable service, and but everybody would have to pay it, even if you didn't use Comcast. Mm. And so there was a there was a vote, and uh, and everybody said no, um, we don't want to do that. And there was the most most of the votes I think were it was two thirds against. Mm. Dwight, you always have to bring technology into the conversation. <laughs> well, it's well, wired lives now or wireless. Lives. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and the the point here is that it would have raised everybody's HOA fee by fifty bucks, and nobody wanted to do that. Yeah. And but at the same time, your cable bill would go away. Mm-hmm. See, so it was kind of six of one. It actually would have been cheaper for us mm. to do that, uh, but it just didn't seem that fair to have give people force people to pay for something they didn't want to use. So I would like to hear a story about your HOA meetings, just like where people start fighting and <laughs> punching each other and there, there's slapping no, each there other. There's no fighting and punching each other, um, but there, <laughs> it, there there are people who come there, you know, with with uh, specific kind of agendas each time, and, and everybody is kind of – sometimes it can be very intense – and and it, at one point we have a the HOA board uh, president takes no prisoners. She is she she runs that meeting you know solidly, and 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 at one point I believe it was in a discussion of the uh, the um, a remodeling of the elevator interiors because they thought that the elevator interiors had been banged banged around by movers and so mm-hmm. so they want to redo and, the, and they'll be redone. And there was some discussion after, of course, all of the treatments and all of the wood and everything had been chosen where they were like trying to, somebody was trying to second guess the board. And at one point, the board chairman goes, you know, we're not the village idiots up here. <laughs> and, you know, that was a great line. And so I go, I go to all of them and Mike, I can't get my wife to go. You know, I say, you should come, you should come. It's great. And at, at, at one point, I said on the Facebook page for the for the uh, for the complex, I said you should really go to these meetings. They're they're interesting. And every at every session, when I show up at the board meeting, the board president goes, Dwight always says these are interesting. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, thank you so much uh, for telling us your current living situation and. All your deep, dark secrets. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, I think a lot of people are going through this because you want to be, you want to live in a place you want to live in. Yeah, and, totally. And, you know, in it's sometimes you cannot do that. You have to, and, and sometimes you get lucky and you do. Yeah. I'm glad yours, you have a success story and hopefully. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think so. Any last questions? Parting thoughts? I was going to ask: Is there so the the families? Do they send their kids to River Oaks? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're yeah, if they're that age, yeah, okay. the River Oaks. Yeah. Do you see many kids there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I, I, the building we're in, I think, has fewer of them, but mm-hmm. but we're not in the one where the pool is. Okay. And so there's a lot. I think there's a lot more over there, but but there are some, and it's and you know I I don't mind it. I kind of I like seeing kids around. So. Yeah. Can you still watch fireworks? No. <laughs> I see no fireworks. Our view out our window is of the building across Welch. <laughs> so that's all we get. <laughs> but we do have a beautiful tree. So there's that. There's all right. That. You're a real glass half full person. <laughs> that's nice. That is really nice. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Thanks, Alan, for being here. Come back soon. Okay. Listeners, thanks for being here as well. Please subscribe to Looped In if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And let us know if you have any ideas for a show. You can reach us at at N Sarnoff and at Alan West on Twitter or Facebook. Dwight Silverman is also very active on the social media. So reach out to him as well if you have any questions on what it's like to um, age in place. (laughs) I age everywhere. No matter where I am, I'm aging my Twitter handle is D Silverman. Thanks for thanks for being here and thanks for listening. This episode of Looped In has been sponsored by Brookfield Properties, a fully integrated global real estate services company leading the transformation of downtowns Allen Center and Houston Center.